This tiny little baby. This tiny little baby. Watch out for fireballs. Extra sewed. It's just a kitten. And it is brought to you by our little Patreons. From patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. The source for babies and puppers. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro games podcast special. Yes, and this week we are reading your responses to interactive fiction writ large, and we should have been more specific. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and uh, this is a very short episode, we'll say. Um, just throwing that out there. Um, you know, remember when we used to do these? They were short. <laughs> this, this is a short one. Yeah. Um, it was kind of surprising. I expected people to have more cachet with this, but maybe that mm-hmm. means the episode will be more useful. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll go ahead and get started here with Tom. Okay, do. Uh, Tom says via contact. I recall playing a version of Colossal Cave Adventure along with a series of other text adventure games I can't remember beyond Zork and some ancient on some ancient Apple computer I had as a kid, an Apple uh, L, uh, 2E, I think. I like them because I was an avid reader, and the games that were available, while they did have graphics, they were incredibly, incredibly primitive, so the text-based games were more satisfying and easier for me to parse. I was introduced to a mud uh, to mud type games shortly afterward by a friend and found them to be in a similar vein and equally satisfying at the time. And adding a social massively multiplayer element was mind blowing to me at the time. Assuming it doesn't come up in the episode proper, do either of you guys have any experience with these sorts of games? Not with muds, no. Um, that's one of those things where I really feel like I missed the boat because I hear cool stories about it. But I mm-hmm. wonder if it's going to be like Dwarf Fortress or Eve stories where it's one of those things that you really need somebody who knows what's happening to relate it in kind of like an arc for you. I think MUDs are less compli- like complicated than that. Um, I haven't gotten into them, even though I have like wanted to and kind of threatened to several times. <laughs> um, I think what, excuse me, the, uh, the learning curve, the kind of getting eased in is almost a social one because it's yeah. like, it's not so much about the complicatedness of the systems, which I know I'm sure that's a factor sometimes, but it's just like, these are just communities yeah, and they're communities of like people who have been, you know, who are a self-selected group who are doing this very outmoded old kind of thing. Like there are probably some like, there are probably tons of people who are way into muds right now who are great. Yep. But there are probably some real crusty nerds yep. who like, I don't want to go in there and do something wrong mm-hmm. and get yelled at the same way I don't want to go into a Counter-Strike server yeah. and, and do something wrong. There's an element of that mm-hmm. uh, for me. Um, yeah. I did play Door games on VBSs, um, which is... So so Door, D-O-O-R, not Dora? Uh, you mean like Dora the Explorer? Right. No, not, I did not explore the Dora um, <laughs> in my fedora. The, I, the, like door games uh, are kind of similar to MUDs. Okay. Um, they are text-based games uh, where you play with multiple people. Um, but the kind of mechanic is very similar to um, an energy mechanic in an iOS game where you have a limited number of moves per day mm-hmm. uh, that you can do. Uh, so I played uh, Legend of the Red Dragon, I think is the name of it. Um, I played that a lot when I was younger. And that's the closest thing I've done to a mud. Was it like a Hannibal uh, Lecter kind of thing or... No, no, I, I wish it was, it was just a generic fantasy village yeah. kind of thing. And there was this, like, you go out and you do kind of JRPG style combat. You go back to the town, you can talk to people. And then the kind of goal was to, uh, get enough money every night to stay at the inn because if you didn't stay at the inn, your character had to sleep in the field when you ran out of turns oh. and you could get murdered for your stuff. <laughs> and then you get re- you respawn, but you lose all your things. So like oh. it had this kind of treadmill to it, but there's also a social aspect. Like there were legendary people in there and the, the cool thing was like oh i made my i know the ascii codes to give my uh my avatar different colored letters hmm. in his name so it'd be like somebody figured that out it was like oh shit this guy's here and he's called like you know 
uh, uh, Spearmaster 2000, but it's all different colors. Or this guy put asterisk <laughs> between his, the letters of his name. Like, it was a real silly, weird time yeah. uh, that, you know, I would like to see a documentary about those as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, my version of that was playing EverQuest, which was, mm-hmm. like, one foot in MUDs and one foot in modern MMOs. Yeah. Um, but that was, like, I played that purely as a social thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's, uh, yeah, no, no experience personally, but it sounds super interesting. Yeah, I, I've always been kind of interested in them, but never, you know, never took the plunge because yeah. of that, that learning curve. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take us to our next and final response, which is Luke, who writes in via contact saying, um, I once tried to get my mother to play Portal. I thought that she would like the puzzles, but she couldn't figure out how to walk forwards or look down, let alone break the rules of physics. Uh, she didn't know how the underlying language of video games uh, worked uh, that we all take for granted. Uh, playing slouch and the other IF games gave me that same experience. See how we picked us out there. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, despite my years of gaming without graphical representation, I too didn't know how to walk or get out of the first room. How was I ever going to solve a puzzle? Well, in some ways, the text commands are more stifling than current systems, like a D-pad compared to an analog stick. Uh, they allow the player to choose how they control a character, not just what, the, uh, what to do with those controls. The most defining moment came on my second playthrough when I used the verb set I had learned uh, to make my way to the jail and typed, semi-jokingly, kill myself. And the game, to my surprise, didn't shrug, but replied with, with what? It turned out that there were a lot more verbs than I knew. Obviously, this moment was coded in, but something about making me think of it on my own lent a a sinister feeling to the action that would not have been there in a prescribed button push, previously explained by a helpful prompt. My third playthrough, wherein I greeted every NPC with my new kill verb um, and was rewarded each time with the detailed scenes in a happy ending only cemented by the feeling, uh, (laughs) sorry, only cemented the feeling and sent shivers down my spine. My moveset was limited only by, ima- by my imagination, not by input methods. I, not the developers, had decided to destroy these people. The world was uh, reacting to my actions, not me uh, to it, as is usually the case in games. These are illusions, sure. But by giving me that initially dizzying scope of choice, uh, the developers blinded me to the game's strings. Um, I had learned the language, and it changed me once it was inside. Yeah. 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 Which is a nice little reference there as well. <laughs> the, yeah. um, the, we, we kind of concentrate on the dark side of that a lot in our generalities. We didn't really talk about the, the kind of feeling of wonder that comes from the, the feeling of having all those illusion, those choices. Yeah. Like we kind of like, concentrate on the, when that inevitably gets betrayed. Right. And it feels great when you just like, okay, well, I'm just going to try something after a long string of something not working. Mm-hmm. And when it does, it's like dizzying is the right word for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really strong. And it's also um, something else we didn't really touch on is that kind of uh, Mac Venture style, like, oh, there are a lot of cool, like little gory endings to these. <laughs> Again, similar to, uh, uh, you know, a Sierra game. Yeah. That are kind of kind of fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. So good, good response. I, I, I agree. It is like uh, getting that dizzying height does make when you fall from it harder. Yes, it does. You know, so like it does make it like it is a double edged sword, but like it is super cool. Yeah. I don't want to totally discount that at all. No, no, definitely not. Like it is an illusion and illusions are great when they work. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's, that's what we got for yeah. uh, interactive fiction responses. Um, if you know, you are hearing this and slapping yourself because you didn't write in something, mm-hmm. um, you can still write in. We'll read it. 
Um, yeah. we may, uh, we may read it on the air if we end up short on responses again yep. in the future. I, I, um, I keeps them all. Yep. They all get, they all get kept. So, uh, yeah. And I don't say that to guilt trip anybody. If, no, uh, no. you just didn't, uh, you didn't have anything to say. You didn't have anything to say. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so super short episode, yeah. but while you're listening to this, <laughs> me and Cole are playing Silent Hill three. Yeah. And if you have any thoughts on Silent Hill three, um, go to duckfeed.tv slash contact and write in with those or thoughts on portal portal two or Warcraft three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're baking that shit up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't think we have deleted scenes either because we had a no, time crunch. No, no. Yeah, we're, we're on a time crunch. So uh, sorry about the super short episode, but uh, you yeah. know the usual stuff. And check out other shows on the network like Teenage Dirtbags or Abject Suffering. Yeah, or The Level. Like if, if you re- finish, if you only listen to the show, you finish this and you're like, God damn it. I was banking on 45 minutes of, of those guys uh, reading people's thoughts about interactive fiction. Yeah. Like we've got a bunch of stuff and we're, we're like unanimously proud of it all. Otherwise we wouldn't be doing it. Yes. Um, so uh, just, yeah, go, go check that out. If you haven't uh, give another show a shot and uh, we'll be back here next week uh, with more WAF goodness. Indeed. Oh, yeah. And, and we haven't said this enough. Uh, check out the Bonfire Side Chat off season. Even yeah. if you don't like Dark Souls, it's essentially like weird little one offs and watch out for Fireballs esque episodes mm-hmm. on things that you can relate to, even if you don't like Dark Souls. Yeah. With only the most oblique references to Souls games. Yes. <laughs> More so than any other season. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> like, like even in the games, like we make a couple of, of comparisons, but like you do, yeah. you do not have to know the reference in order no. to uh, in order to like enjoy that stuff. No more comparisons than we do just on regular Watch Out for Fireballs episodes. Right. Like it is, this is the first episode of Watch Out for Fireballs that didn't contain a Dark Souls reference. <laughs> um, the, so, and that was even before Dark Souls came out. The, um, so the, uh, you know, go check out, uh, listen to us talk about Shadow Tower. Yeah. Treat it like a weird WAF game. Yep. So, um, cool. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, um, everybody have a good week and we will see you on Thursday. Good night and good luck. Good night.